0: This show is part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network.
1: Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Basically. I am your host, Stephanie Preisner, and I have something a little bit different for you today. A listener requested this, and today we're going to be speaking about nursing homes. I know very little about them, and I'm going to find out everything. Thank you so much for joining me. Welcome to the studio. I don't really know where to start, Valerie. I have had a couple of people ask me, like, what is the story with nursing homes? And because I wasn't able to answer, I was like, I need to, I need to find out. But I don't really know what the, what the broader question is. So maybe we should start with your, how you got involved. And then we can move on to like, what is a nursing home? How is it different to a hospice or a hospital or or a retirement village?
0: So how I got involved is my mum and dad started the nursing home when I was about 12. My mum got sick and that's the reason they opened the nursing home in the first place. So she was kind of trying to do a little boutique nursing home at that stage. That was about 37 years ago.
1: For like just a couple of people? For about
0: five people, that's what she had kind of in her head. Right. Um, But obviously that's not, wasn't a possibility. And we were about, I think we were about the second nursing home in Kildare at the time. So that was quite unusual. They had a hard job trying to get the money from the bank to, to set that up. But then... As time went by, I, like I grew up in the nursing home, so obviously I went to school there. Had my breakfast with the residents in down the dining room. Right. I went horse riding on the cur- we were on the car on the curra. Went horse riding every morning on the cura, and um, had I like grew up literally went did my secondary school education and college through there. Worked to the weekends obviously went during college, and then I didn't do nursing straight after school. I um, went to Maynooth and did a degree and did a masters in sociology. Went to the States and kind of had a kind of good old time for two years. Travelled around and worked there and then did nursing then. So I kind of started at 25. Um, And the main reason I did nursing at the time, I was actually working every weekend in the nursing home and loved it and loved the residents and just kind of felt that I could really, it was definitely something that I was good at. Mm -hmm. Um, I was probably a little bit different to my mum. She's a real true nurse, like she's all about the the residents, whereas I could kind of see the policy changes. Coming down the line, right? Okay, I was quite interested in that, um, and had a, a good interest in research and policy development and that kind of thing. So, between the two of us, I think it was kind of a good partnership. Then, my dad is obviously, obviously involved as well. He had a sports shop um, back in those days, and he sold up the sport shop and invested back into the nursing home. Then, and we inv- we had we've up to thirty seven residents now.
1: So, it started off kind of with your mum, who was a nurse. Yeah wanting to sort of, I guess, legitimise the care of her mother and other people. But exactly, at that yeah. point, was she like, I could care myself for five people?
0: Yeah, oh, 100%. She was there 24-7 for a couple of
1: months. But there was no other staff?
0: We had, well, my actually, my uncle is our chef and still is our chef. Uh, so he's, um, he's still there. He kind of came to help her. He gave up his job and helped, came to work with us then. Um, my dad, obviously, was kind of helping at the weekends and I do the few bits to clean and my granny Lily who's actually Paddy your friend of yours here uh, she did a little bit of cleaning at the weekends we had the crack like so that was kind of our that was how we set up like that was such a long time ago
1: is it a medical facility? Like, does it need to be... It's not like opening a bnB and b for example. So at
0: that time, it was kind of more B&B-ish, but with a little right. bit of nursing. Now it's definitely very much okay. medical. Yeah, it's nursing. So
1: the way you guys set up wouldn't be able to happen now?
0: No, not at all. No, now you're under the regulation of, of uh, HICWA. You know, you have to be yes. registered and everything. So, yeah, so things changed quite dra- kind of dramatically, I suppose. We were always registered from the very beginning um, with the HSC, but it was just very tiny. Then they said they they increased to 37 we haven't actually moved from there until at the moment we've planning in at the moment and hopefully we're going up to 60 beds the next year so that'll be kind of that'll be great and kind of that'll change things again for us I suppose um for staffing and you know
1: and so what things go. what is the sort of situation where someone might find themselves needing a nursing home for someone in their family like is it is it a is it a medical thing or is it just I can't give this person the attention they need or
0: so probably a little bit of both. Um, very often you see families just really at the end of their tether and they've really done everything they can possibly do. They might have um, you know professional care coming in, even you know um, you know home care coming in, or the somebody in the house might be a nurse or a doctor or you know have some medical his um, background, but. Very often it's informal care, you know, and it's just kind of it got to the point that the person needs so much more care that they just can't provide. We often have families who maybe have seven or eight siblings, just every day, every day on a rotation, doing, a, rota, doing yeah. a day or doing a night, um, and you know that's it works for a certain length of time, and it actually might work for a long time or forever for some people, but mostly it doesn't really ever. It doesn't really work because eventually you kind of lose the, the, you have to, you become the carer and you lose that family bit and you lose the bit where it's lovely to sit down with your mum or your dad or whoever you're caring for and um, be, the, be the visitor and be the, you know, read yes. the book and like watch TV together and all that. So that kind of, that can very often be the reason sometimes we have a lot we have uh, particularly we have um a, a good few residents who have dementia so sometimes that can become a huge issue because they really don't have the ability to kind of um to keep themselves safe and they they don't understand you know that, that going out on the road is maybe a very diff- so then it turns into really 24/7 surveillance and on, and monitoring and minding and that's just when families really are at breaking point then um so Sometimes we we also see people who just make the decision themselves, and they just go, "No, you know what? I'm really lonely, um, and they want to. They'd love to be in the company of others, particularly people who are the same age as mm-hmm. them. And we've recently now during COVID, particularly we've had more admi- like more um, um, people looking to to be admitted for that reason, for just pure loneliness. They were so lonely at home. Families aren't even, you know, can't visit as much as they would want to And they're also visiting from outside, you know, maybe doors or windows, whatever. And so they were, they were looking to come for a short term or even for six months or something like that just to kind of, you know, become, because we've loads of activities going on, there's lots, you know, it's it's quite a nice environment. So I suppose, it's not always kind of the nursing thing. It's sometimes yeah, it's so, s- social admissions are very, are quite high as well, you know.
1: And if the system is under pressure, because my understanding is it's quite difficult to find a place in a nursing home because of demand and supply. Yeah,
0: it is really, which is very awful. Um, and then some places have beds available, you know, like it just depends. Sometimes it depends on um, the location.
1: Um, but and how does the social thing work? Like, can you go in for just a check yourself in? Yeah, like, absolutely. for six months yeah, and then leave again? Yeah,
0: like, well, at the end of the day, it's, you know, the person has service. to... It's a service there, exactly. Sometimes if, you, if you're if you looking for fair deal, which is, you know, the uh, the fund... Um, like yeah, the, would you explain uh, fair deal to yeah, us actually? Yeah, I will, of course, yeah. But if you are looking for that, um you do have to be a certain level of dependency to, to receive that kind of side of things. So that's kind of, that can be awful. But sometimes um in the community with public health nursing and with, um you know, a GP might refer somebody to be admitted that way through socially because they really aren't able to take care of themselves or something like that. So that often Happens as well in many many nurses but if you're looking for a fair deal in Ireland, it's actually a very fairly straightforward uh, process. I think people f- get really freaked out about by by it, and kind of th- they're worried then that you know that their house is going to be taken away from them, or that they're going to have to they'll have no money left yeah. at the end of the week or anything like that. So basically what they do is they look, it's a means tested grant um, and they look at your um, your available funds. They You have to fill out a form, you have to fill out a medical form and you have to get, um, on the medical form, you have to get the opinion of like a public health nurse or a specialist consultant and a GP so that it isn't just somebody deciding, you know what, my mum's going to a nursing home today. It has to be that person's decision as well. So... Their opinions and their decisions are also taken into account, which is really important, I suppose. Um, and that's really good to see. You know that that's written into law. Law,
1: yeah. yeah. And so, what is the financial side of that fair deal then?
0: So the financial side, then, what happens is they would look at the at the person's finances, and not anybody else's in the family. So you could be living your the mum could be living with a millionaire daughter. It doesn't make any difference. It's all about the mum's uh, fin- you know finances. And it usually works at around eighty percent of their income. So, say if they had um, a house rented or something like that, they would that would be taken into account. But if they had a pension, say just for instance, and they were living in their daughter's house, the house then obviously isn't theirs, so that's not taken into account. Um, and then the, the their pension then their eighty percent of their pension would be um, taken by the or not taken but given in. To them, to pay to pay the nursing home fee, and the rest of the of the rest of the fee is paid for by the state, then by HSE.
1: So, if someone needs to be put in a nursing home and they can't afford it, Fair Deal takes eighty percent of their income. So, Fair Deal
0: pay us. Uh, sorry, Fair Deal is kind of like the entire, but the HSC pays us the majority of the fee for the nursing home per week, and the the person themselves pays eight around eighty percent of their pension. So they still have twenty percent left to.
1: And what is, like, how, how much is it per week? Does so, it that...
0: varies from county to county and nursing home to nursing home and public versus private and there's a whole debacle about that of, that I won't go into too much because I'll tell you I'll start crying. Um, but yeah, it, so it's very, it can be very, it's very difficult because in some counties it's about €900 Euros per week. Then in Dublin, perhaps it'll be 1500 or €1,300. Euros. Kildare is between, like, kind of the thousand and eleven hundred and 1100 that kind of fee. Um, so, it can... Uh, but the care is obviously still the same, which is that's where the in, uh, the inequality, I suppose, starts. Um, the nurses' fee, or the nurses' uh, wages, and the healthcare assistance wages are the same across the country, and rates are almost the same, and insurance is the same, and everything is the same, except unfortunately, this fee is the, is the problem. So that's a huge issue for nursing homes, as you can imagine. Um, and nursing homes Ireland are constantly um, pushing for you know that everybody would receive the same amount or every nurse home should receive the same amount and then the, the the standard should be the same across the board because at the end of the day we're all getting inspected by hate by to HICRA, the same standard to the same standard and we have to we have to meet a certain criteria we have to provide safe and quality care and if you're receiving 900 euros a week to provide 1000 1200 or 1200 euros worth of care it doesn't really add up you know so for instance in our nursing home in Kildare we've 37 residents but we have 50 staff so you can imagine now if you're paying it's a lot of staff to pay from a small amount of money when most of the residents are fair deal uh, have fair deal approved so that's kind of it can work out quite difficult and that's why I suppose the BDO report the other day on What's Friday. What's uh, that was the uh, report that was done there recently on Friday by uh, f- was funded by nursing homes Ireland, I think, or asked for by nursing homes Ireland. It it was um, I can't think of the name Brian McInerney, and he was was the guy who who did the um, the main report, and it was an, um, a really in depth r- r- report about all the different fees across the country, and they inve- they asked a lot of um, nursing homes to to give in their um, expenses their expenses exactly to show exactly what's happening what the real real cost of care is and the report kind of suggested that the smaller nursing homes like ourselves right really won't be able to survive in the future with the way things are you know because the cost of care is so high so that's kind of a worry I suppose in, in a lot of respects but we're here for the, you know, we're here for the long haul thank God we're you know we're 37 years so we our expenses I suppose are, we are, we have a lot invested in the nursing home so we can't really just just up and, up leave. and leave exactly and so yeah. is the
1: cost so if I so say I'm in a nursing home and it's €1,100 euro a week so that's obviously for for the to pay the nurses that's for your my, kind is that of like your my, bed
0: and board and your nursing kind of care exactly and, and then my
1: medication and all that medication
0: no? would be covered by your medical card hopefully if you had medical card the 1100 the 1100 you would Hopefully, be, wouldn't be paying the eleven hundred. Hopefully, if you got fair deal, you'd be paying four hundred or three hundred or two hundred, or yeah. you could be paying seven hundred, depending on your means. Um, and the HSC then would pay the the nursing home the rest of the the fee. But the extra bits, I suppose, the costs that aren't included, unfortunately, in the in the NTPF, the fee are the things like the going to the hairdresser and getting your, so you know, what, the activities. And that's what the social charge is. And you see this, like, it's where we were robbing people every time they bring it up in the paper. Yeah. But at the end of the day, the fee that we get doesn't include that. And if we, we when we speak to the, we have to meet the NTPF, um, the National Treatment Purchase Fund. We have to meet them every two years or every year if, if that's the deal that you strike. And we set a, they set a fee for us based on our accounts and kind of like it's kind of supposed to be a um an um a delegation or um what's what's the word? negotiation a negotiation yeah. exactly. But it doesn't really turn out like that. Unfortunately they have the kind of fee in their head and that's that's and what they and we just they, yeah. they pay us that exactly. So sometimes unfortunately they don't that doesn't include or never it doesn't include social ch- the social charge, which is all those kind of niceties that definitely People are needed. Well need. it's what they need and definitely what they want. Um, you know, for us to provide like physiotherapy and all the things that we really have to do, you know, to keep people well and mo- mobile. And um, we've, I think... So a huge... does that mean
1: then that people have to pay for that as an extra while they're yeah, in there? They yeah, they do.
0: Every week, usually. Um, all different, or some have different fees depending, I suppose, on what they provide. But the basics would be, um, they would be expected, you know, that yeah. would be they expected from, from the HICWA standards and from the expert panel report as well.
1: And how has it been... During COVID, so in the homes.
0: it's been very tough. It was a very tough year. We didn't have any COVID, thank God. We nobody um, at all who had um, were, were positive, so we've been very lucky. But it was just—I
1: presume that's down to some serious restrictions, though. And it was, yeah, yeah,
0: a lot of restrictions. Don't know. To be honest, good luck, maybe, but um, hard work and good luck, I think. Yeah. maybe. Well, look at—I think it was a really tough time for everyone. We kind of invested a lot at the beginning, um, as did every other nursing home in the country, on you know. PPE before the 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 real struggle started. We all went out and went mad buying masks and gowns and everything, things that we didn't wouldn't normally use on a day to day basis. And that's kind of I suppose what was really t- difficult to read in the media and really hard to hear when people were kind of dissing all these nursing homes. Oh, why didn't they have the PPE? And oh my god! And mm-hmm. we didn't ever use masks. I had a, like three boxes of masks. I'd say in the press, and that was it. We never used the money if somebody was really unwell, and or you you were doing. Um, Addressing that you did, you know, you didn't want to have any, you know, to be breathing on, basically. But we we never use masks. It's not in our. It's it's like asking a B and B to have like the a swimming pool out the back, you know, that yeah, kind of way. It's just, not. it's just not part of our kind of of our psyche or whatever. So yeah, we wouldn't, um, nor would we use gowns or face shields or anything like that. That's theatre it, gear. It's like is you know. it this
1: is it the case that like people in nursing homes are a certain level of yeah, medical need, exactly. but they wouldn't need the level of care that would require masks and gowns.
0: Absolutely. So most people in a nursing home are actually, they live there, it's their home and they have, you know, their own, they might even have their own chair, their own equipment, you know, their own their own wardrobe. And they can have anything they want in the room because it's their room. So it's their house, you know, this we try to really, I suppose, impress on people that when they come to live with us, it's, you know, it's their home and they can, as much as possible, do what what with the room of what they want, um, and the same with our communal area. And like where we would be, you know, eat together. It's very. It's not a hospital. It's you know where we do have equipment and you know medical equipment because you need it to mind certain people who have certain illnesses. You, we really are. I suppose trying. Our best to keep it as really nice and as really especially when you have people with dementia, they don't people living with dementia don't do well in a kind of a clinical environment. Yeah. I don't know if you saw Saint Joseph's um the programme about Saint Joseph's there recently on the butterfly meth um the butterfly home and all that. And that's the kind of style that we're all we all provide is this lovely kind of soft furnishings, you know home from home and that's what we try to, and cups of tea for the visitors and trays you know when you come yeah. in and
1: So like it's not I've, like visiting someone in hospital Oh it's God like,
0: oh, it's like couldn't be further from the truth so like couldn't be further from that exactly but we say for instance I even have a couple of um you know older men or whatever and their wives they come they have lunch you know not not at the moment but that's would have been our norm that they came in in the morning they sat down beside them they had the cup you know it was like yeah. as if they were at home reading the paper. Our, we've two lovely dogs. They walk around the house. They sit with them, patting them. You know, they have they have the chats. They might have lunch together. Then the wife might go home or maybe come back again for her tea later on. That would have been the kind of norm, norm. for us. So it's really so not clinical. So I think that was the biggest problem I had with, with COVID is this terrible, we were thrown under the bus, I think, for something that we couldn't, we couldn't possibly have avoided. Um, you know, there's just no way that you could keep that out without the PPE that you have in theatre and in ICU. Yeah. And unfortunately, it wasn't available to any of us, including the hospitals. Um, you know, and I think that was the biggest, the biggest problem that peop that nursing homes had. And how um, have the
1: residents managed with? Sort of so, window visits and...
0: Yeah, we didn't really do too many window visits. We kind of did open door visits. You know, we had, uh, we've had a lovely uh, foyer. So we just did, um, uh, when when we didn't weren't allowed, I suppose, or weren't advised to have visiting, uh, we did that. We kind of had the open door and it was a little bit chilly and we kind of put on the heat and the rugs and everything and then had the chats that way because I really kind of thought the window visits weren't really for us and wouldn't really suit my clientele at all. Um, they were just... That would have been better. It was kind of you could, yes. you could vis- vis- visually see people in that. I think that was kind of a little bit better. Um, but yeah, we what we did um, in our nursing home as well. We've a big site. so We've six acres. It's lovely. It's right on the edge of the Cur. So we bought two cabins. Um, they're really lovely. They're like um, like kind of log cabins. Um, we got heating and lighting and everything in them. So we were ready when the when the visiting was lifted. So they've been fantastic. Like so, we so everybody has their own individual visit then, you know, in yes, their own okay, areas. So they're, they're really safe. The visitors aren't bringing anything into the nursing home, into the communal areas, into other r- residents. But they, um, it's kind of like a little sitting room. It's lovely. It's 20 metres squared. is massive, like, so yeah. they're really lovely. And um, they've been fantastic. So that was kind of, that was a real... Uh, you know a great thing for us kind of because everybody they look forward to the visits then as well so we've kind of visiting area inside and obviously people are having visits in their bedrooms as well if they'd like but nearly everyone now goes out to the cabin so it's kind of like a little outing yes it's really lovely
1: and how how many people like what's the average age and how many people do actually leave a nursing home to go back to their own home or is it
0: very rarely people go back at this stage with i suppose when the legislation changed for fair deal coming in and everything the high, it was really only people who were very high dependency who were really really unwell became you know ki- are kind of candidates for going to a nursing home so really you rarely see people going home unless they're for they're ready for um or they're here in for a respite you know for, for a couple of weeks or a convalescence or something like that okay but so
1: that would be you can go to a nursing home say you have a surgery or something yeah, and you yeah, need a couple of, of weeks yeah
0: absolutely um lots of places do that yeah if you have if you have availability and some places have dedicated center you know parts of the center for it um yeah, we've, so, but during COVID now, we had um, a lovely gentleman went home to his wife because she was at home and she was really unwell herself. So they actually, the family took took him home, you know, halfway through kind of, and that's working out great for them. So, you know, and that was great. We got him really strong enough, strong enough to go home, which is fantastic. He was with yeah. us for a good while, um, but he was well enough to go, which is, I suppose, the main thing. And at the end of the day, like, I always say this to the client, to our families, you know, when they're. They're coming and the resident themselves, that if anybody felt that they were well enough to go home, it is that's their it's their right to go and it's not a kind of an end you know, an end game or an end yes. stop. We always try to kind of really promote health as much as possible. I suppose that's the kind of that's our ethos. And if somebody can walk, we try to get them to walk a little bit better. If they're you know, if they're yeah. not really able to walk and they're in a wheelchair, we try and get them strong and strength, you know, strengthen them through like chair exercises, and things like that we really promote, like really good nutrition. You know, we've got like a, we've a fabulous um, butcher in Kilcullen. All our meat comes from there. He's like really famous. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's won all these awards in, in Ireland. So like we, we've, and my, my, actually my uncle is um, an organic um, chicken farmer. So all our chicken comes from him. And like, so we've. Really lovely. Focus yeah, really focused and- on really good nutrition and really good food. And that's the kind of help, I think, for us because I think in the nursing home, they the the residents love the kind of homely food. You know, it's proper yeah. dinner, you know, at lunchtime. If you gave them kind of lasagna at lunchtime to be more, you know, they're like, What? This is our tea you know, this is only f- suitable for tea. So we have like a lovely pro- you know, proper roast beef. Yes, and you know, yeah. our, our lovely old fashioned kind of traditional dinners, I suppose. But um Yeah, no, it's really it's it's very nice place to live. I suppose, and we we try to promote that as best as we can. And
1: do you ever have young, like do young people ever go to a nursing home?
0: So they do, yeah. Unfortunately, not. We don't really uh, tend to because my my clients are older, you know, mostly older. And um, I think you said, or you were asking me earlier, there how old some of the clients are. So say from usually around sixty five to like a hundred. There's our kind of. We've a man who's ninety nine at the minute. Um, but we have had somebody who was 102 I think that was the oldest person we've ever had with us and she was flying not a bother
1: 65 seems young
0: 65 is young yeah this lady has dementia Um, and sometimes younger onset dementias can be very tough like and um, the person needs a lot of care so they would usually end up in a nursing home because they wouldn't be able to be managed in their own home or with a family member you know but um, yeah it's it's very hard and that's very tough to, to see but you have to I suppose then tailor the activity program to really suit all the different age groups. That's really important. So sometimes you'd see if when we have younger clients or younger people uh, living with us, we try and do really good trips and you know good trips out and like nice things like compu- like computer classes and that yes. kind of thing. And or we'd have people coming in and talking about you know local hist- historical events and the, you know. So you try to kind of really tailor it so that it's interesting. And um whereas. I have a few at the minute, and they're in the knitting club, and they're <laughs> having the cra- yeah. they're, they're knitting for Ireland. There, you know, so you've kind of two two levels of um, I suppose activities going on all the time. Yeah, so there's lots of. um
1: And th- this might be like a mad question, but what is the difference between uh, do people do people die in nursing homes or is that just hospice? Would they leave to die somewhere?
0: No, no. Usually, the person. Um, Lives lives in the nursing home and dies in the nursing home. Um, so we provide palliative care. Like we're all palliative trained. So what's
1: the difference between a hospice and an so? Home?
0: Hospice usually would be for a very short period of time. It okay. wouldn't be for a huge for a hugely long time. And um, if the person or a person is is. Has an illness that's pal- that requires palliative treatment or palliative care, it means that there isn't a cure. There's you're caring, you know, you're trying you're to managing you're managing the symptoms exactly. So what we would do in our nursing, home and, uh, almost every nursing home in the country, is that we're trained to a, a level, a palliative level, um, and that would we, we, so we have all the medications that we need. Everything would be written up in advance. You know, so we'd be able, we could anticipate what the symptoms and the signs, you know, the, the things that would happen along the way. Um, and we can kind of obviously then treat that, which is great. Um, the, we're very similar, I suppose, in, in a lot of respects, then in the hospice care, because the family can sit with the person all night and all day. You know, they can stay yes. with them as, as if they were at home. And we would, obviously stop, you know, th- doing things like taking blood pressures and taking bloods and checking, you know, all that. Yeah. At that stage when somebody's at end of life. And it can become like, it's quite. An, it can be a kind of a nice experience because it gives the family back. You know, you, I always feel that we kind of, we're handing back the person to the family uh, we're still doing the care bit so you're yes, kind of but you're, you're getting not, your family member back and you don't have to the responsibility yeah, yeah we try to do that and I think I was just actually on a, um, I was just on a questionnaire or a, a panel a survey with um, Hikwa and a few of other colleagues a couple of weeks ago there about end of life and they're talking about doing surveys for people who, who have, have been bereaved um, not maybe so much during Covid but just generally bereaved and to find out what went well and what, what, what didn't go well and we were having a great chat, and a lot of the a lot of my colleagues from different nurses all around the country, they all felt the same. It was kind of that the, the goal is really to make sure that the that last week of life is. As nice as possible, and and the sad thing for us as well, I suppose we kind of we forget ourselves sometimes in the as in the care because we've had clients for living with us for years. Like I had one man lived with me for sixteen years, so he's like a granddad, you know. And yeah. you'd be crying, you know, when God, you're nearly worse than the family sometimes because you really take ownership of of their you know their care and everything. So yeah, so it's very hard to sometimes it's very hard to say goodbye, but lovely to be there and it's a real privilege, you know. So it's kind of that's it's tough but a really lovely part of the job I suppose as well
1: and is how is this with I mean I guess their friends are all in their school so oh, as well so like I it's a know. huge loss
0: devastating sometimes so especially if the person is really you know is kind of um, very in part of the, of, the, of the fabric of the place um, they We've we had a lady recently passed away, and um, she was just oh she loved. She was into everything, everything right. that everything happened. She was in the middle of it, so that's very very tough, particularly for her then or for the, her friends, because you really feel her loss. Mm-hmm. But obviously, the same would happen if, no matter who the person is, because they're there yeah, and they're yeah. taking part, and they all know each other. And it's like, I suppose if you think of our places, we've only thirty seven residents, like they know each other intimately, really, you know, they really do and they know everything about each other and they're, oh, you had a headache yesterday and how are you feeling today? And, you know, so yeah, it's
1: it's tough. And what, when you, like, do people come to you to say I'm I'm considering this. Can I have a look around, or is it? are yeah. people sort of like begging to come in, or
0: no, not necessarily. No. It's, and what are
1: people's biggest fears when the time comes?
0: So it's ter- it's very upsetting, I think, really, to be to make that decision. Um. So yeah, we lots of people come, not so much at the moment because COVID is, has has kind of changed everything for us. Unfortunately, it changed the landscape of, of the nursing sector and pretty much, I suppose, every healthcare sector. But um we'd um, yeah usually the pr- lots of people might come three and four times to have a look and can you know you mightn't be able to show them a particular room because you mightn't have a room to show them you, right, know, you okay. mightn't have an availability but they could be on a waiting list you know which is awful to think that you have to be but um, yeah you have to sometimes you have to do that but you try to kind of and then sometimes people come for a trial which is kind of does happen sometimes they might come for a week or two or even a month and see how it goes. And if they like it, they'll stay, or if they're not, you know what, I'm going to stay, going to keep it at home for another while, you know, yeah. I'm going to keep stay at home for another little while. Um, so yeah,
1: it can be. And then are they, are, are people in charge of their own, um, t- like can they get up whenever they want, have oh. breakfast whenever they want?
0: Yeah, we definitely, um, have, we try to, um, do we find out at the beginning when the person is being admitted, we find out what their previous kind of style would have been so we had say for instance we had a man one time or lots of times but this gentleman was a devil he he was a farmer and he used to get up at five o'clock in the morning and he had his dinner at like He'd dinner at lunch at breakfast time, and he'd have his breakfast at five o'clock. So we just you just have to tailor to the person's needs because yeah, if you you know you're never going to change that. Like he came to us when he was eighty; he's been doing it for like seventy years, nearly. You know, so um, yeah, so you have to tailor everybody's needs. I suppose we do have a kind of a set structure, obviously, because otherwise it'd be mayhem altogether. But you know, it's very it's very fluid, and we kind of just try to whatever they want they want and um, my chef is my uncle has said he'll go around and he'll ask he doesn't even write it down he'll go around asking everyone what they want for their tea and everything they could have like 10 different things for tea you know oh "Oh, yeah it's like like being at home you know sometimes they're better minded than some you know the kids you know my kids would be asking for two different things and we are like no No, this is what's what's for and that's it
1: I want to tell you about another podcast on the network that I think you're going to love particularly people who follow me and listen to me and often ask me where can I learn about like Irish history because I'm useless at it but people who I have whetted their appetite for politics and information want to go back to history this is a podcast called Hedge Radio it's really well it's really slick it's really well produced it's gorgeous and it's got really interesting information have a listen if it's not for you move on but I really think that you're going to enjoy it we have to a hard Have a listen to this. To carry my name and address and be You're not getting an answer to that. Have a listen to this. The Hedge Radio podcast looks at the humble scene in the backward place where no one important ever looks. To steal from Patrick Kavanagh, Taking inspiration from the hedge schools of old, the Hedge Radio podcast brings you stories that you won't hear anywhere else. You need imagination for everything. Have a listen to this. It's someone's reaction to reading a book. Will you talk to me about what it was like when the vaccinations came on stream? I'm sure it was like a sigh of relief.
0: Oh my God, across you, know, the curra. you have no idea. So like, obviously we had, didn't, as I said earlier, we didn't have COVID, but we, we were certainly in PPE for the entire time, like full on, you know, sweltering in May last year. Because um, at that stage, we couldn't get tested or anything. So you hadn't a clue whether people were going to have, were, had COVID or not. So we had to treat everybody as if they did. And we were isolating people and waiting for testing and all so it was tough. So when we heard that the vaccines were on <laughs> route, it was like Christmas is not the word. Like It was unbelievable. So then um, we were approached by the CHO 7 and asked would we be the first nursing home in the area, in our area. Um, so out of like 58 nursing homes or something, I think we were picked to be the first um, to receive the vaccine on the 7th of um, January. So it was like oh my God, we had the media down and everything. It was hilarious. And everybody was all getting dolled up that morning. You know, they were all up at the crack of dawn because the the RT were coming down. RT were coming. <laughs> well, everybody, it wasn't even RT. It was loads of them. They were like, yeah. the Times and everything, they were all down. So, um, yeah, so we, the, um, the residents were up at the crack of dawn, like couldn't wait to get into the line to get the vaccine. And then they were fighting over who was going to be the first. And then the my mum was actually the first... Um, Person or first nurse, I suppose, in yeah. in Kildare and in um, I think in Wicklow and Dublin as well, and, and in a nursing home to receive the vaccine. So that was great. The, my our team kinda, she's the person in charge, so she's also a nurse, obviously. And uh, she she was uh, the team kind of suggested that she should be she should go first. So we didn't know whether that was in case something in would case go, something wrong go wrong or, or just whether, because yeah. of her time. But it was brilliant. Yeah. So she and that that day she'd actually um, I think she'd. She was celebrating her 50th, 50 or 60, 60 years nursing or something like that. Oh, wow. That day, I think it was 60. So that was really exciting. But we had a fantastic day. It was really good. It's really, really interesting. And they learned a lot from the start because we had, um, as the vaccinators all came down, we had four different teams, you know. Right and uh, they so they had to learn kind of logistically how it would work in other nursing homes because you we they really had no idea how people would react to the Pfizer vaccine you know um so yeah it was it was really and how good. did people
1: react has it have Not. things
0: changed in the nursing home since people have been vaccinated or so absolutely yes. Yeah. so we have um we had 100% uptake of the residents and staff so that was an incredible uh, achievement nobody said no like they were all absolutely couldn't wait to get it uh we'd no reactions at all everybody was really well um, and you know like a little bit, maybe f- like fluey after for a day or something, but nothing drastic and really, I suppose the thing we ch- we checked a lot of antibodies afterwards that was a really kind of a nice thing to do because people then could see vis- you know visibly like, oh my God, actually i'm um, it's yeah. working, and it's I have like you know some immunity. Um, I suppose the main thing for us is it, it didn't really change anything dramatically, but it, it just added that layer of security. She took right. the I can now sleep at night, for yeah. <laughs> for in the first time in about a year, um, waiting for a call from somebody to say that they are been that they're sick or something. That was the kind of biggest worry. That and were you
1: testing throughout the year or just only waiting for people to have symptoms? So or- no,
0: we uh, so up until May you couldn't get tested really. The ambulance yeah. service was the only way. That was the only way we could get tested. But then um, so we did it. The testing courses, all this. All my nurse, staff nurses, um, we all did that, and that means that we can test in house now. So we can test and then send out the swab to the lab, and we get the report back in twenty hours. Not even if not even twenty four hours. Great. So it's amazing, and that that changed everything because people then don't have to stay in the room for a long length yes. of time, and yeah, they can yeah. just you know you can sit with them for or you can isolate somebody for one day and. Maybe have a, a staff nurse with them for the the entire time or whatever, but at least you know that they're not. Um, you know they don't have to sit yes. there for three days waiting for a, for a test result to come back, and then staff. We obviously we get tested as, as staff on the serial testing, and that's every week. For, it was every week for the
1: when in the height of it, and now it's every two weeks. Okay. And how has. Have have the restrictions loosened now that everyone's vaccinated? Or? So they have,
0: absolutely, yeah. So that's only kind of recently. The visiting restrictions kind of lifted um, a little bit in March and then um, now that people are fully vaccinated, nearly everyone is fully vaccinated now, um, It they've changed again. So it, we still have to wear masks, obviously, as mm-hmm. staff, because we're in a healthcare environment. But say if... Um, a visitor now would have um, his or her um, wife or whatever in, and they have had the vaccine. They could probably have, have. they could have, they could have, and that's only recently now. But that's not really recommended either. It's just that they could if they really wanted to, you know, that kind of way. So that kind of is lovely. And it's kind of, I suppose it's a little picture of what might come in the next couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, we have that announcement from I know, so excited. Um, Can't wait. And then my final question is, if... In non-COVID times, if you're in a nursing home and that's where you live, are you able to like leave for a week to go Absolutely. Stay with your family? or yeah, go Yeah, so
0: holidays? we have, uh, so up, up until COVID, exactly, we would have people who would have gone home every weekend. So they'd be in for a few nights. We kind of did half the care and they went home at the weekends. Then, you know, other people might go home every day, you know, every day for a couple of hours or they go for a drive. Definitely go for a drive. We even one man who went for out to Costa every single, like, every single day with his wife for a coffee they'd have to sit, sit out have their coffee and then come back and that was their kind of r- ritual routine. for a long long like he's been with me for years and years and that was just that was their routine um, with people who go on holidays with their families you know abroad even we Good. go to Lourdes every year ourselves we bring f- about 15 of our own residents every year to Lourdes for a week um, we go with the obelisk in Inchcore actually and f- that was it's a brilliant um, trip and we stay in the hospital there. There's a like a really nice hospital and we stay right in the, you know, so that's a great holiday. And they go up to the town, they have the pizza and glass of wine and go to mass and yeah. say their prayers and buy all the stuff. Hopefully
1: all that stuff will come back. I know, yeah. So not,
0: not, not likely this year, no, but no, no, definitely but next, next year. year. Oh, 100%, And then yeah.
1: outside of that, and I'll we'll finish on this, outside of COVID and maybe in the future, can people just in the community, like, are you allowed to visit Nursing homes. If you don't have a rel- like, are you like yeah, hang volunteer, out? yeah volunteer yeah volunteer or like go and absolutely, talk absolutely or- yeah
0: we've a volunteer program um lot, I think every nursing home has they uh, you have to be obviously guard vetted and you have mm-hmm. to do some courses now particularly with covid and i'm sure that'll go on forever uh, just a little bit of um you know um infection prevention and that mm-hmm. kind of thing and safeguarding but um yeah absolutely we've lots of and you know what lots of places like thrive on their volunteer support like they couldn't do it without it um people you might even have someone like driving the bus or you know yeah, yeah. anything there's loads and loads of things doing the gar- helping with the garden or setting up you know coming in we've uh, we've uh, we've in the past i've had lots of uh, friends and and family and volunteers and people a lot of times somebody's family who've left the when the person has passed has died that their family then come back as volunteers as volunteers that's And they it. come to visit or they continue on knitting with you know yeah. come in and do a little bit of like a club with them or uh we do We've had lots of like, yeah, lots of people like that. It's brilliant. People are so supportive. I think the biggest thing through COVID for us, the best thing about COVID, I know there's hardly, it's hard to see anything good out of it, but for us particularly, our community, oh my God, they were unbelievable. They came like, so our talk about volunteers, I'd say I'm going to have, I'll be inundated with volunteers, please God, because they were like unbelievable the community was incredible they're dropping in everything to us like they every day we got a, some kind of treats kind of or treats. it was great the guards would arrive up with like 100 easter eggs and you know all that it's just so sweet. oh my god unbelievable and people writing messages in all the schools everywhere around us wrote and sent p- uh, presents to the residents at Christmas like Such just like that has never happened before like so you know I hope that Their that will happen again amazing stay. links now forged yeah. you know so yeah that'll be brilliant Thank you so much for talking to me. Well, I um, hope I'm not quite as interesting as some of your other No, people. it's fascinating. No.
1: I'm, uh, it's oh, just, thanks. I think anything. Uh, I mean, I'm quite promiscuous. I'm a little in my,
0: shell-shocked. I do listen to your podcast. Oh, really? <laughs> <So> I'm,
1: like, <laughs> I'm quite promiscuous in my curiosities. So I'm just Good. like, I want to know more about this thing. Well, hopefully so I
0: taught you something. You definitely I know. did,
1: yeah. And it's not... You know, I think that there is a like a misconception that like is, nursing homes yeah. are scary and like that's not what you want. And I don't want to end yeah. up there, but it sounds.
0: And you know, I suppose the main thing to think about, what I always kind of try to say to people, is that there is a place for nursing homes. You can't just wipe them off the face of the earth. Like the, yeah. I know the media and H is even, and you know, kind of feel that it isn't the right thing, the right way to go. I think there will never be a time that they will not be needed because. And I, and I would be very much for keeping people at home until the very end, That they, you know, the as last as minute. As long as they can. But there will always be a need for t- to have that extra care because it's a specialised care and it's really, I think we probably don't get half the uh, kudos that we should because it is really, it's a tough, tough, you're minding people with six and seven different um Illnesses, illnesses uh, you yeah. know, somebody who might have diabetes and COPD and dementia, you know, you're minding somebody really, really unwell. You're keeping them out of hospital. We're keeping them out of hospital, you know, so and you're also keeping them as safe as possible. So I think there'll always be a need. It's just to make sure that the that it isn't an inappropriate um, admission. You know, yes. the people are not there when they don't want to be. They don't or want to be. That's the worst. Yeah. They can't or they should be at home. If they should be at home, they should be at home. A hundred percent. That's where the funding should go. But I think for us,
1: there'll always be a place for it.
0: Yeah, I do. I really, I think so. A good place, and and you know, as long as they're good and they're keeping the standard up, that's the most important thing. You know.
1: Yeah, which is the job of HQ yeah, and everything. Exactly, but and ourselves
0: are. as providers. You know, yeah. like we're fairly tough on each other and uh, as well. So, yeah. So, Thank you so much. Thanks so much. Thank for you for having me. See you.
1: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of basically i found it fascinating i hope that you did too if you enjoy these podcasts and you'd like to hear more of them you can get extra bonus material by becoming a headstuff podcast member by going to headstuffpodcast.com and joining the community it's five euro a month or whatever you can and it goes to support me and the show and i really appreciate it because you know takes time and energy to do these and uh, it really does help. Your support helps. Our music is by Only Ruin. Our graphic design is by Kahlo Gara. We are produced by Alan Bennett and we are a member of the Headstuff Podcast Network.
0: This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. A hub for the creative and the curious.